there are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can absolutely light up your funnels. Let's go. This is the Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your host, Chris Mechanic. Join me as I uncover the secrets of the world's most elite CMOs marketing leaders. The Revenue Driven CMO is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. I am your man, Chris Mechanic, and we have an awesome show here for you today. I'm super duper excited to be speaking with our guest. Uh, She has been a marketing leader for over 20 years. She's got uh, experience in running marketing programs as well as building marketing teams. So she's actually built three different marketing departments from basically zero people to upwards of 30 or 40 or even 50 employees. She's innovative. She's a outside the box type of a thinker. Um, and she really focuses on meeting customers where they are, which I think is core, you know, really to any uh, exceptional marketing program. You have to be customer focused, as you know. But folks, welcome to the show, Miss Martha Aviles. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Really excited Did, for the discussion today. Well, I'm excited to dive into things with you. I know that like you're the type of marketer that I like because I can tell that you like, you know, you're close enough to the work that you can get into like the weeds, but you're also an up and coming leader. Um, so I'm really interested to kind of, uh, talk and pick your brain and dissect different things. But first, before we do, you know, how we like to roll, like, you know, we like to start, uh, with some of your best material. So why don't you let everybody know, like, what is one of your best kept secrets to success in marketing? Yeah, I think, um, I mitigate risk really well. And there are three parts to that, that I'm excited to uh, discuss with you. Okay. Uh, one is about building a marketing ecosystem. And we can talk about that. Uh, two, experiment and like testing what's counterintuitive maybe. Um, and then uh, third part is just repurposing content and tracking. So really excited to dive into each one of those with you. Okay. And the third one, I'm sorry, was... Uh, repurposing content and, and repurposing tracking. Repurposing content and tracking. Okay. Very cool. So... Those sound interesting. Uh, And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. Even if you're already a client, if you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization. If you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, web mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free fill out the two-minute form and you will not regret it literally zero downside unlimited potential for growth so do yourself a favor revenue driven cmo.com slash free no hyphens no punctuations you will be happy about that decision like i'm really interested to hear actually how those 
how those kind of uh, link back to mitigating risk. Yeah. So just for just to summarize, so we've got building a marketing ecosystem. We're going to unpack each of these. We've got experimenting and testing counterintuitive things. And then we've got repurposing content and tracking. And those, th- those are the same line items, right? Yep. Repurposing content and tracking. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's, let's talk about the first one, building a marketing ecosystem. Yeah. So as you mentioned, like marketing is all about meeting customers where you are and leaving them with a memorable brand experience and or meeting customers where they are. And you don't necessarily always know where they are. Marketing is always evolving, right? And people's minds is always evolving. And so make sure that you're trying all kinds of different channels, both free and, and paid, et cetera, but build that ecosystem, right? Because you're going to catch leads and prospects and people that could influence deals in different ways. And so think about it as an ecosystem, like it works together versus I see too many times marketers want channels to compete. And I think that they are, uh, they're working together as an ecosystem. Okay. So give us an example, like what does an ecosystem look like? Sure. So for example, you want to have a, a robust PR engine, right? So people think PR press releases, but it's not always just press releases. There's mm-hmm. earned media, there's byline articles. There's a lot of things that help um, drive SEO and link backs back to your website. And mm-hmm. you want to use your website as your digital storefront, right? But yeah. how do you create all of those hooks out in the market that lead back to that? So PR is one of them. Social media is another digital events, uh, webinars, podcasts, all of those things, Yeah, you know, leading back to your site, which is what you want, but it's, it's additive and necessarily like where they're competing against each other. I get it. So this is a concept of being multi-channel sort of omni-channel and it goes back to risk mitigation, right? Because like we have clients where we'll manage a million dollars a month for them, say on Facebook and meta mm-hmm. and you know that is one of their top you know top two or three channels and shit happens on meta you know the algos change cpms can be unpredictable yeah. so part of building that marketing ecosystem the way that it ties back to mitigating risk is that you have all these different channels and so if one of them stops working or you know if something unforeseen happens then you've automatically got these other ones built in. Correct. And you're educating prospects along their journey. Sometimes they may have not heard of your brand. So by the time they see an ad, they've probably heard of your brand. You've got some sort of mind share. They've seen it somewhere. They might've seen it in a byline article. They might've seen it in a press release, but you're not expecting those channels to necessarily convert, but they're leading you to the conversion channels. Interesting. So in terms of building the marketing ecosystem, is it, are you generally relying on the like the um the usual suspects, so to speak? Like obviously you have to have a program on Google, you have to have something on LinkedIn, you have to have but you mentioned PR, which like not everybody is investing in PR. Right. Um are there certain channels that you find yourself like going to over and over again that are a little bit off the beaten path? <laughs> well, I would say that byline articles and um podcasts and things like that are probably not something that everyone employs, but there are ways to do it um, that aren't that expensive and that you can test. So yeah, but the usual suspects, but what I would say is you just got to, 
think about building that net in an ecosystem and it's broad and wide. And if you have data, use what you've got and see what's been working. But that leads me to the second point, like you have to experiment. It's an 80-20 rule, right? Like percent of like, okay, this is tried and true. I know this is going to work, but we never know where we might catch a new audience member or another pair of eyeballs that will lead us back to our site. And so, yeah, I love the 80-20 rule. Did you know that? Is that why you mentioned that? Or do you love the 80-20 rule also? No, I love the 80-20 rule. I didn't know that you loved it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love the 80, because it's so applicable to marketing. Yeah. Like if you're doing your quarterly or your annual and you're looking back, it's all, there's almost always 20% of things that are driving 80% of the revenue. Yeah. And in a world that's so noisy, you know, and so many things competing for your attention, like it's critical to, to look at that 20%. Yeah. Um, so then, but that's a little bit counterintuitive, right? To use your language, because when you're talking about experimenting, you're basically saying, you know, let's, let's strategically throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Um, which is, you know, a bit counterintuitive because 80, 20 would be like, Hey, focus on the 20% of things that are working. So how do you balance those two things? Like, how do you find, find new shots to take, uh, whilst, whilst also focusing on the 20% of stuff that works the best? So let's talk about like, if you're in a startup though, right. And let's say you don't, you haven't honed in, maybe, you know, who your ICP is, but you don't know where they live online. You've got to mitigate risk, put as much stuff as you can out there and then look at that 80, 20 rule. But let's talk about earned media, for example, or byline articles. Sometimes that just takes someone writing a thousand words and you putting it on some sort of site. And you might say, you know, that never converted or it's not driving us that many leads. But I had a gigster, for example, a um, large bank. I won't, you know, like they saw it on a earn one one person, large bank. You can get a two hundred thousand dollar deal from that. So mm. it's those things where it's like time will tell, if you will. But like there are things that can live out there, evergreen content wise, that can help you drive leads. And ultimately, you need to look over the course of a year, probably at like okay. What is 20% of this? Because to your point, the market's noisy and the data is noisy, right? And if you're looking at every quarter and you're expecting like instant results, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. But if you're mitigating risk with an ecosystem, there are so many things out there that can help, right? And yeah, pay off. So this is time for a nice public service announcement for all the leaders out there that are listening, for the CMOs, for the CEOs. You have to be patient. You know, and you have to be open minded when thinking about how to track things. And some of the best marketing organizations in the world that we're just awestruck by right now. Uh, and it's just like, oh my goodness, they're so successful. The reason that they're so successful is because they have executives which are able to think a little bit longer term and able to provide a little bit of time and a little bit of space to experiment with wacky shit. Sometimes you have to experiment with wacky shit. Otherwise, you're just following the playbook that everybody else is doing, right? And so the best, and by the way, executives, um, it's not just like, you know, a feel-good thing to allow space and time for your marketing team uh, to perform. 
but it's also how you're going to attract the best marketers in the world. You know, like if you want to attract the best VPs, the best, best directors, like the best marketing minds, like they want to work for a CMO or a CEO who is open to creative ideas. And like, we have clients of two varieties, one that is like how we're describing where they're thinking long-term they're allowing us to try things that may or may not work and everything is just chalked up to a learning experience and then we have clients of more of the hard-nosed variety which i say lovingly which is like you got to hit your numbers every single month like by hook or by crook or else you know there's going to be a really challenging conversation we enjoy both types of clients. We understand both types of clients, but the types of clients that get our best thinking and our best work are probably the former, you know, probably the ones that, that give us the time and space to, you know, operate. And I say try wacky shit also, you know, kind of with a grain of salt because it's not totally wacky shit that we're trying. It's like thought, you know, it's thoughtfully wacky shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you keep talking about bylines. You've mentioned that multiple times. We're going to get to re- to the third piece, repurposing content here in a second. But talk to us about that because, like, you've mentioned it two yeah. or three times, and I don't exactly know what bylines mean. Does that just mean like having a quote inside of an article? <clears throat> sometimes it means that. Sometimes it's a whole article by a, um, you know, whether it's your CEO or your brand, what have you. But I've mentioned that because all of those link backs go back to your website. They increase your credibility with Google, your search results. It helps SEO. And there's been so many times where I've had CEOs that are like, why are we doing this? And then one big deal comes in from one of them. And it's like, oh, well, that's why we do it. (laughs) They're like, okay, Martha, come and accept this award now. You were right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. But it takes time because it's not a faucet. I talk about this all the time too. Like demand generation is not a faucet. I can't just go turn it on and it's like, this is going to rain leads right now. You know, it doesn't work like that. Um, But that goes to like my mitigating risk mentality. And like, to your point, you know, trying wacky shit. Maybe it's on threads. I don't know. You know, yeah. depends on your ICP. Depends on a lot of things. So how does one score these bylines or how do you go about getting that yeah um actually our pr person i'm going to do a shameless plug for her even though um hopefully she doesn't take on more clients <laughs> i want her to have all the clients in the world um our pr person it has relationships with all of these editors and let's say uh so for example at WorkRise, we were in construction and oil and gas you look at those editors publications and you pitch them like here's chris he's an expert at x y and z what do you think and then they're like okay chris write a thousand words And to me, it's free branding. I say free and air quotes because it takes time. Obviously it takes Rhea's time for pitching, but it's just really your thought leadership. And like that thought leadership, sometimes people think of like direct response, for example, you just talked about it, search engine marketing, direct response, like that is the way to get leads. And I'm not saying that it's not absolutely, but sometimes you will get a C-suite executive reading an article online that will tell someone, Hey, go fill out a form for this. And it's that mind share, that executive level mind share that you need in the byline article. Yeah, no, totally. So that's a good little hack. It sounds like um, you've hired like a contractor or a, or a small firm uh, to help score those bylines. Yeah. Uh, but I love also how you're combining PR with SEO. 
because a lot of times the PR team's hanging out over here and the SEO team's hanging out over here and they don't get the full value of it. But there's a lot that can go into just how you're linking back, you know, the anchor text. I'm just talking about the anchor text basically and the words surrounding it, as well as which pages you're linking to. Um, so maybe we could do a whole nother segment on that, but, but I, but I, the system is so important. You got to think about it as like they work together, you know? Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about item number three, repurposing content and tracking. Yeah. So (laughs) to your point, um, I think marketers in general are inundated with data and we have, you know, big goals all the time, but let's find ways to repurpose content. So for example, webinars, in my experience and with some of the customer bases that I've worked with have been money. Like people love webinars. I think it shows a high degree of engagement. Someone is willing to spend 30, 45 minutes with you. Great. But you can take those webinars and make 30 second clips and do reels. You can do videos on LinkedIn. You can do videos for meta. What are, you know, blog posts, multiple blog posts, even. Correct. And you can do an eight second video and then you can do a 30 second teaser video and then you can do a three minute YouTube video to say, hey, register for the link in the, you know, watch the full thing. So there are ways where you can get more um, juice out of the squeeze, if you will. And I think we have to continue doing that and measuring appropriately. Like, what is it that you're trying to measure? What was the goal of that? If it was just education, well, how many eyeballs did you drive to that? How many impressions did it get? If it was like, hand raisers and lead generation. Well, what does that look like? And that way you can figure out what's working and what's not too. But again, it has to be appropriate for the channel. Like you're not going to make an eight second video that's going to probably turn into a bunch of leads, but if it's for brand awareness and, you know, driving eyes to the site, is he doing that? Yeah, no, I, uh, I love all three of those things. Um, and especially repurposing content and tracking. Well, we didn't talk about tracking much. But with with regard to repurposing content, you're absolutely right. Like one webinar is almost an endless amount of content opportunities. Yeah. And even if you are just doing webinars without thinking about content repurposing on the back end, with AI and with ChatGPT, like like get a transcript of that webinar, you know? Mm-hmm. You can do so many things with that transcript. You can be like, here's a big, huge transcript. Like, make me these content pieces. One, an eight-second reel. Two, a 30-second teaser for LinkedIn. Three, you know? And it may or may not be perfect or even usable, but at least it's like a fast way to just generate a bunch of ideas. But if you are creating the webinars with the repurposing activity in mind right then it can be really fire right you know because then you know in advance it's like okay here's this 30 minute webinar the first 10 minutes we're going to repurpose it into blog post a and you know snippets b c d and e second 10 minutes we're going to do blog post b you know etc so that's probably what you guys are doing i imagine Yes, content is king. And we have a designer who's amazing. And sometimes if we have a very like data-driven webinar that can tell a story through data, we create an infographic and then we chop up the infographic and they're just like, did you know little um, 
graphics for LinkedIn or for social or what have you. And it's pretty effective as well. Yeah. And then imagine if you have your SEO team also in on it, right? So you're like, hey, SEO team, we're about to do a webinar. Usually it goes like this. Usually it says, hey, SEO team, we're about to do a webinar on this topic. Like, what can you do with that content? But what if it was like, yo, SEO team, we're about to do a webinar. What what keywords, what topics, what terms are uncovered? Like, what should we do this webinar about based on the keyword research? Yep. Right? Reverse that's, engineer and mitigate. That's super fire. <laughs> yeah. Right? But okay. So when you first said this, I didn't, I didn't immediately see how building a marketing ecosystem, experimenting and testing with counterintuitive things and repurposing content. I didn't immediately see how they tied back to mitigating risk, but now I do. <laughs> I'm glad you stayed on the journey with me, but yeah. Yeah. Now I definitely do, especially with repurposing content because it's really easy to point, especially to longer form content or more premium content like it's really easy to point to a webinar and be like great like we're getting 30 submissions but like where's the deals where's the leads like like how can you justify this investment in webinars so if you also have on the back end of that 40 blog posts and all these you know linkedin and social interactions then i think the value of it is a lot easier to justify right but it also, I mean, it's a lift, don't get me wrong, but it makes it easier for the team if you've got that plan up front and you're all working, you know, um, together on that. And it also helps you um, understand where your customers are and what are the things that they're looking at and have a consistent brand experience across LinkedIn, social, reels, whatever it is, because of the content being so similar and related. Yeah. Well, that is badass, Martha. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, and I think that the listeners got a lot of value out of that. So just to summarize, build a marketing ecosystem, think outside of the box, not just the usual suspects. Of course, you want to be on the usual suspects, but think outside the box a little. Experiment, test counterintuitive things. I call it testing wacky shit. Um <laughs> affectionately but it's actually thoughtfully wacky shit like you don't just test into a vacuum and then repurpose content that's like such a beautiful example of just block and tackle actionable things that you can do take your webinars repurpose them into blog posts repurpose them into shorts repurpose them into teasers on linkedin and vice versa take your blog posts potentially make them into webinars write Involve your SEO team and write your blog posts in such a way that three or four or five blog posts together could be made into a webinar or vice versa. So I think that is super actionable and super useful for anybody listening. And for those listening, if you liked it or if you laughed a little bit or if you learned anything, drop us a like, a comment, a five-star review, wherever you get your pods. We definitely appreciate that. Or share with a friend. You know, this is a this is super useful, actionable stuff for a Tuesday. It's a or no, actually it's a Monday right now. So for a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, whatever day it is, drop it. Cool. Well, Martha, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm um, on your website right now. Dang, you guys got a logo book. 
Yeah. Viacom, Oakley, HP, IBM, eBay, Pepsi. Yeah. Prudential Insurance, Liberty Mutual. Jeez Louise, this is like the whole Fortune 100 right here. Yeah, large enterprises. Wow. That's why I was on my byline article thing because you would <laughs> byline or, those people read byline articles. That's what I will tell you. <laughs> Jeez Louise, that's awesome. All right. Well, last segment before we get into the lightning round is future. Like, what are you, and I know you've already touched on some of these things, but what are you really excited about for the new year? Is there anything else that you're investing in significantly or substantially? Um, big hires you might be making, like what's, what's on the horizon? I'm pretty excited about 2024 in general. I, because I do think that hope, I'm positively or cautiously optimistic that we will have kind of a positive trend where things will stabilize a little bit. I think that that will be really, really great. Um, I'm excited about some new tools we're going to bring on. So I don't know if you've used Sixth Sense, but Sixth Sense is really awesome, creepy, dark mm. stuff, but like, I, I think it's cool. Um, I think it'll go well with your byline articles. <laughs> right, right. So I'm excited about some of that dark funnel stuff and just continuing to like, test and learn, right? Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, but having the space to do it is super important. I love that. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good line right there. That's one of my mottos. I like live by that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool, Martha. All right. Well, you ready for the lightning round? Sure. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Question number one, if you were to start a side hustle, what would that side hustle be? I want to say fractional CMO work, but I was like, you know what? That's not interesting. So I'm going to tell you what honestly I would do. I would teach, I would be a, a swim coach. Like I would teach kids, adults, whatever you need. Like I would teach people to swim. All right. Nice. Are you a swimmer? I am. You're a big swimmer. <laughs> and I've done it before. Like I teach people to swim and I don't get paid. So I'm like, this should be a side hustle. That's awesome. I love that. Cool. Question number two is top three books or authors or influencers or podcasts even uh, that have made an impact on you. Yeah, I would say that uh, Brene Brown is just someone that like I found her years ago. I don't know how long it's been, probably 10 years ago. And then I followed her and she's amazing. And I've read all of her books. I'm just like a Brene Brown fangirl. Chad yeah. Sanders, uh wrote a book that I read during the pandemic that was like really pivotal for me so i have to who was it the name again sanders chad sanders yes he wrote a book um i can't remember the name of the book right now uh but he it was just like in incredibly helpful and then my favorite linkedin influencer who just published a book but she published it like literally it came out last week and so i don't have it yet mita malik m-i-t-a-m-a-l-i-c-k she is um, kind of the head of equity and inclusion at Carta, and she is a woman of color. And like her stuff, again, I fangirl over Ramita, but yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Well, we'll definitely include those in the show notes. And thank you for sharing. Um, I've heard Brene. So I had not heard of Brene Brown until probably like three or six months ago. Oh. But several, yeah, several people that came on the pod have schooled me to her. Um, <laughs> is there a specific book that you like of hers uh, the best? Man. Looks like she's got a bunch of them. Dare to Lead. 
Dare to Lead is probably a great one. I mean, if you were to start with one, I would start probably with Dare to Lead, but Dare to Lead. The vulnerability okay, nice. book is good. She's just cool. She's she's and she's from Texas. And I've lived in Texas for more than half of my life. So I feel like, come on, I gotta support another Texan. Nice. I dig that. All right, cool. Well, number three is how do you avoid uh burnout and how do you help your team also to avoid getting burned out? I would say take your PTO, right? Like whether it's a vacation, a staycation, a day in the garden, whatever you need to do, like take it. It's it's important to recharge, right? It's part of being a high performer, I think. Um, secondly, just setting reasonable expectations. To your point, it's very difficult to <laughs> work with people that think things are instant. So like, what are the reasonable expe- expectations? What are the leading indicators up to those expectations? Like, make sure to have transparency on that and just continue having the conversation and educating. I think our job as marketers is often a lot of education. I think people forget that. Like they don't all know what we know, right? So how do we educate them? And then I would say laugh, laugh at work a lot. Don't take yourself so seriously. Like just, it's important to laugh. I'm telling you, not taking yourself seriously is key. That's good. I like those ones. That's very good. Cool. Well, for everybody listening, if you uh, have learned anything here today, or if you like this, drop us a thumbs up or share it with a friend or give us a five-star rating wherever you get your pods. Martha, uh, for people that are interested to learn more about you, where would you direct them to? Find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Martha, A-V-I-L-E-S, A-V-L-E-S. Please reach out. I'm happy to connect. Love it. Cool. We'll stay on the line just one second, Martha. We're going to wrap up. But for everybody else, that has been another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. And we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us here today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revenuedrivencmo.com. That's revenuedrivencmo.com. And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. Even if you're already a client, if you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization, if you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, Web Mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. And that's just because you're a listener of this podcast. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, fill out the two minute form and you will not regret it. Literally zero downside, unlimited potential for growth. So do yourself a favor, revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, no hyphens, no punctuations. You will be happy about that decision.